Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty Come. 
your attention for just a few minutes at, on the subject, now what? Now what? In our early morning worship, we focused on the first portion of this encounter that some disciples had with the resurrected Jesus. And we began by making the point that for some today, there's a question as to the relevance of the resurrection. Someone is looking at COVID-19 and all of the ramifications of this pandemic, and they're asking, what difference does the resurrection make to those who so tragically lost their lives? What difference does it make to those who are currently suffering? Somebody is looking at how quickly the priority in America has shifted from saving lives and eliminating suffering to rescuing the economy and getting America moving again. And they're asking, what difference does the resurrection make to those who run systems and care very little about people? Some are looking at the disparities that are being exposed anew in our community, our food deserts, our health care and health insurance deficits, our disproportionate poverty. And they are asking, has the resurrection of Jesus made a difference? Well, my response to that is an unquestioned, unqualified, and unashamed, yes, the resurrection makes a difference. Jesus' resurrection serves as the central and crucial point in history. All that happened before looks with anticipation toward the resurrection. And all that has taken place after the resurrection is affected by the resurrection, whether directly or indirectly. Even those who don't follow Jesus are nonetheless affected by his resurrection. We mustn't lose sight of the fact that around the world, wonderful things are happening in the name of Jesus. Hungry people are being fed. Sick people are receiving quality medical care. Young minds are being educated in the name of Jesus. Those who have reached a dead end in life are being given another chance in the name of Jesus. Wherever there are hurting people, needs are being met in the name of Jesus. More than being crucial in secular life, the resurrection of Jesus is at the pinnacle of our spiritual lives. All that was before looked to the resurrection. When Adam and Eve fell from innocence, God graciously granted them a glimpse 
of resurrection. For he said that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the seed of the serpent. For an aged and feeble Jacob, God permitted a peak at resurrection. And that peak caused Jacob to say, the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor the lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. To a weary and frustrated Moses deep in the Sinai desert, God gave a vision of resurrection. And Moses said, the Lord will raise up a prophet from among you and to him you will listen. And all that came after Jesus basks in the glory of his resurrection. Paul has told us that there is nothing we should desire in life except to know him in the power of his resurrection. Let's be clear, my brothers and sisters, the resurrection makes a difference. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all of my fear is gone. But we must understand that if the resurrection is to have any meaning in the lives of people, if the resurrection is to continue to make a difference in our community, if the resurrection is to make a difference in our homes and in our families, then it must first make a change in us. We must be willing to take the good news of the resurrection with us everywhere we go. We must be willing to live and move and have our being in the assurance and the power of Jesus' resurrection. As we go back to John 21, we want to focus on Peter's discovery of the relevance of the resurrection. For Peter was the one who is asking the question, now what? Peter was with several of the disciples and, and, and they were debating in their minds the relevance of Christ's resurrection. Peter remembered how devastated he was when Jesus was crucified and Peter was overjoyed when a resurrected Jesus first appeared to the disciples behind locked doors. But now, more than a week has passed and Peter is confused. If something was going to happen, it should have happened by now, but, but I haven't seen any change. Rome still has her foot on Israel's neck. Corruption is still going on in high places. The rich are still oppressing the poor. Nothing has changed. The, the resurrection doesn't seem to have made a difference. And Peter began to wonder if he had made a mistake. He told me that if I would follow him, he'd make me a fisher of men. He told me about his kingdom where peace would abide and love would reign. And, and when he died, I thought it was all over. But after he rose, I just knew that things were going to change. But now, days later, it doesn't look like anything has changed. Now, 
I feel like I've wasted my time. I, I feel like Jesus has let me down. Now what? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going back fishing. I'm going back to what I know. I'm going back to what I was doing before I met him. My brothers and sisters, the relevance of the resurrection is not found in trying to make Jesus live up to our expectation. The relevance of the resurrection is made manifest when we submit our will to the will of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you why so many are disappointed today. They're disappointed because they come looking for something that was never promised. We come looking for a carefree existence, but Jesus never promised that. We come looking to be universally loved and appreciated and respected, but Jesus never promised that. In fact, I heard him tell his disciples one day, don't be surprised when the world hates you. Remember, they hated me first. The relevance of Jesus' resurrection is found in his promise that I'll be with you through the storms of life. My brothers and sisters, being mistreated is a storm. Being misunderstood is a storm. But knowing that Jesus is with you as you go through your storm makes all the difference in the world. Peter decided to go fishing. And because Peter was the de facto leader of the group, the other disciples decided they were going to go with him. They stayed out all night long, but the Bible says they didn't catch anything. But early the next morning, just as the sun came over the eastern hills, they looked from the boat and saw someone standing on the shore. They didn't recognize his face, and, and when he spoke, they didn't recognize his voice. But the man on the shore told them to let down their nets on the right side of the boat, and they would find something. And when they did, as the man said, they caught so many fish that, that the nets could not bring them all in. And, and when John saw what was happening, John whispered to Peter, that must be Jesus. Church, every now and then, there are times in my life when I can't make out God's face. Every now and then, there are times when, when I can't discern God's voice. But I'm grateful that even when I can't see him and even when I can't hear him, I can look at what's going on around me. And when I look at it, I can say, that must be Jesus. Doors are opening that men closed against me. That must be Jesus. Enemies are being made my footstool. That must be Jesus. I feel an easing to my troubled mind. That must be Jesus. I have a peace in the midst of my confusion. That must be Jesus. I got money in my pocket when there didn't need to be any money there. That must be Jesus. The relevance 
of the resurrection is that even when I can't see him, even when I can't hear him, I can look at what's going on in my life and I can know that God is still taking care of me. Well, as I hurry on today, the disciples came to shore and they shared in a meal that Jesus had prepared. And as they ate, Jesus turned to Peter and he had an encounter with Peter that helped Peter understand the relevance of the resurrection. Three times, Jesus asked a question, do you love me? Three times, Peter answered, yes, Lord, I love you. And three times, Jesus charged him, if you love me, feed my sheep. In that exchange, my brothers and sisters, we find the relevance of the resurrection. Jesus is telling Peter, in order for you to know what comes next, you have to let my resurrection change your priorities. My brothers and sisters, for the resurrection to, to be relevant in our lives, then Jesus must be first. Before your career, before your desire for greatness, before your stature in the community, before your desire for personal comfort, even before your spouse and your children, Jesus must be first. You can't keep the priorities of your life straight if Jesus is not first. You don't know what true greatness is until Jesus is first. You can't be the right role model for your children or for your family until Jesus is first. He's asking today, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than this stuff? Do you love me more than the things of this world? Are you willing to make me first in your life? Do you love me? Three times Jesus asked the question and three times Peter answered, Lord, you know I love you. And three times Peter responded by saying, if you love me, Feed my sheep. If the question that you're asking, Peter, is now what? My answer is feed my sheep. Give my people what they need to live and to grow and to prosper. Give my people what they need in order to become their best selves. And what they need is to feast on the good news of the gospel. Oh, my brothers and sisters, if you're asking the question today, now what? The answer to the question is tell somebody about Jesus. Now what? Tell them how he lived and died and rose again. Now what? Tell them that he took your sin away. Tell them that he paid your price. Tell them that he lives forever as the conqueror of death, hell, and
in the grave. Now what? Tell them that he's a burden bearer and a heart fixer and a mind regulator and a door opener and a way maker. Now what? Tell them that he's a mother to the motherless and a father to the fatherless. Tell them he's a doctor in the sick room and he's a lawyer in the time of trouble. Tell them he's your banker when you're broke. Tell them he's your guide and he's your leaning post. Now what? Tell them. Tell them. Tell them about Jesus. I heard an old, old story. How a savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning of his precious blood's atoning and I repented of my sin and, and he gave me victory. Victory in Jesus, my savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him. And all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory. I'm so grateful that Jesus is on the throne of my heart. Eternal God, our Father, as we deal with the challenges that confront us in this time, we're left often with the question on our minds and in our hearts, now what? We've served to the best of our ability. We've tried the best that we know how. And sometimes it just looks like our best isn't enough. And so we come to you. We come to you and we ask the question, now what? Give us, dear God, the courage to respond with renewed commitment that we would seek to go and to tell and to share with others the love that you have shown to us. Go and tell how you looked beyond our many faults and met our every need. Bless this simple word which has gone forth. May it be a help to those who have heard now, dear God, as we open the doors of your church, there might be someone who's viewing this worship experience, who does not know you in the pardon of their sin. We invite you into their hearts. We ask, dear God, that you would confront them with the reality of who you are, that you would work transformation in their lives, that they might be able to offer this testimony there is a reality in serving a true and a living God. We ask it humbly in the name of your son, Jesus, and for his sake we pray. Amen. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to die for So you sacrificed your life
so I could be free, so I could be whole, and I could tell everyone I I will worship you, I will give you glory, because I am free, because I am whole, and I will tell everyone I know, you thought I was worth saving, I lift my hands and told You reign on the throne. You reign on the throne. For you are God. For you are God and God alone. Oh, because of you. Because of you, my cloudy days are gone. Oh, I can sing to you this song. I can sing to you this song. I just want to say. I just want to say that I. prayer this morning. Sing it one more time. I lift. I lift my hands and total adoration to you. You reign on the throne. You reign on the throne. Oh, for you are God. For you are God and God alone. Because of you. Because of you, my cloud.
take it higher. Oh, I love you. Old world, Lord, I love you. 